Welcome to the Hydric and Struggles Leadership Podcast. Hydric is the premier global provider of senior level executive search and leadership consulting services. Diversity and inclusion, leading through tumultuous times, and building thriving teams and organizations are among the core issues we talk with leaders about every day, including in our podcasts. Thank you for joining the conversation. Hi, I'm Björn Lindberg, Principal at Hydric and Struggles and member of the industrial practice focusing on energy transition and net zero. In today's podcast, I'm talking to Roger Hunter, Vice President E-Mobility at Shell, the global energy company. Roger has a career of 24 years in Shell and has spent the last 10 years leading and innovating in the energy transition and future of mobility space. He leads Shell Recharge Solutions providing EV solutions across 20 countries globally. He also chairs the board of Connected Freight, an early stage startup that optimizes inner city freight movement and has several other board positions. Welcome, Roger. We're excited to have you with us today. Hey, Bjorn. Good to be here. Good to have you. Roger, as a seasoned energy transition leader, can you share your views on where the energy and mobility markets are heading and how Shell is responding to these market trends from a talent perspective? Absolutely. I mean, gosh, how long have you got beyond? But let, let me try and do what I can in the time here. What's interesting about electric mobility as part of the, the energy transition is it's these two words, electricity and mobility. Uh, and really, you've, you've basically got these two industries. You've got a power and energy industry and you've got a mobility industry. And certainly as an energy company, uh, Shell, we've got a very large mobility business uh, and we've also got a, a large power business as well. So you can see that it's at the nexus, something like an e-mobility is at the nexus of what Shell's doing in the energy transition. We're also seeing massive growth in electrification at an industry level. And you can see that in many areas, but of course you see it in transport, especially in passenger cars and vans. And um, you know that really requires significant investment in public charging. But it also requires investment in private charging solutions as well. So things like fleet depots or having a charge post at the home uh, is, is important. Now, now, to do that, you've got to be able to sell, install and service charging equipment. And, and you know, that's a, a lot of what, what we do, a lot of what my team does. At a higher level, Shell is aiming to be the global number one EV charging company with a very large public charging network and also a variety of these charging solutions. And, and I think the key is that you have to provide solutions for customers across all the different touch points in their journey, whether it's at home or whether it's in a workplace environment or whether it's in the public domain. And that could be on a street uh, as well as actually on a destination or, or on the highway. So I think the other, the other important thing around the energy transition and, and, and Shell is we, we have to provide clean electricity wherever we can, certainly as part of the, the charging solution. Um, you, you mentioned briefly about talent and um, in, in the question. I think, I think what's really interesting is that we've got to build talent and capability across this value chain from electricity to mobility solutions. We do think of this very much as a system. So, you know, it involves power generation, it involves energy trading, it involves electricity supply, electricity grids, as well as charging infrastructure and, and many different types of charging infrastructure, slow charging, fast charging. Uh, but you also need some compelling customer solutions as well. And that's when I talk about customers, I'm talking about business customers as well as, as, well as consumers. 
So I guess from, from Shell's perspective, and this is perhaps a bit obvious, right? We're, we're leveraging our customer base and our strengths that we have today. So we've got assets and capabilities in both power and electricity, as well as mm-hmm. mobility. You know, I'll give you an example about, you know, we've got these 45,000 uh, retail stations, gas gas stations across the globe. So, you know, that's that's one thing to leverage, but also leveraging our clean electricity business as we grow our renewables business going forward. Yeah, so lots going on. And uh, yeah, talent and, and new people are key key to this. Let's double click on uh, on the kind of setup and the growth journey a bit. So Shell did acquire several EV startup businesses in the last five years and integrated them with the existing retail business with 45,000 service stations across the globe to create eventually the Shell Recharge platform. Can you yeah. describe that growth journey a little bit for us? And what were some of the cultural and leadership challenges around that? And, and what did you do to overcome those? I mean, it really has been a journey. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. We've, we've, we've done it over a number of years. I mean, we've made three large investments in EV charging and a couple of small investments as well recently. But they're all part of the mobility business. Yeah. So they're in, in, in one place in, in Shell. Uh, that helps us have one offer to, out to the, to the customer. Um, and it really all started in 2017 when we, we uh, you know, made our first investment. And the idea back then in 2017 was to keep these acquisitions relatively separate uh, because we wanted to learn about the business landscape. We also wanted to learn about the culture and the agility of these companies that we had acquired back in 2017. And then, of course, over time, you know, I carefully drove a program of integration and rebranding as we needed to leverage our strengths and capabilities and really act as one towards the customer. So this is about combining our capabilities, uh, which is really important for scaling, uh, because it's now all about scaling. And that's what we're doing. So I guess a couple of takeaways uh, that have been important is, I guess, firstly, it has to be a two way thing between those companies we acquire and the existing um, corporate and you really do build trust by, I think, respecting and recognizing the strengths that the acquisitions bring. And I, I really personally, I really want to avoid that there's a feeling of a kind of takeover mentality. And I, and I think it's just important that we all kind of go forward with a with a learner mindset. So, I, I mean, I've got a couple of a couple of, of other nuggets, if you like, on mindset. Yeah, please go. I think as leaders, we need to really adopt a growth mindset um, for leading when we when it comes to these new businesses. I mean, many of them are software enabled, they're unproven spaces, and you know, EV charging is is one of those. So, um, so many many folks in Shell, of course, come from a more established mindset. And I call it the dividend mindset. But I think the key point is that you do need both mindsets, both the growth and the dividend mindset, to be successful. I'll say a few words about the growth mindset. I mean, this does mean you've got to be open, humble, and, and you know, you've got to ask good questions. Um, but you also have to have the right metrics and the right incentives for growth. You want it to flourish. And I think whilst there's sort of pockets of people in Shell who could do this well, we're, you know, in a much better place now as we have a much wider appreciation of really what adopting a growth mindset is. Um, I, I mean, in a way, we've got a much clearer playbook of how to lead in that space. Yeah, very interesting uh, takeaway on what would you learn from the startup businesses that you acquired. What would you say today, Roger, are the main cultural and leadership challenges in the in the future of mobility and also going forward? I mean, let me build on what I was mentioning there about, about mindset, because I think leaders need to be ambidextrous 
And, and what I mean by that is you've got to be able to switch between the two different mindsets very quickly. I mean, you've got to be able to drive the more traditional metrics of commerciality and quick returns to shareholder, as well as coupling that with a large risk appetite associated with a growth industry, with a new industry. And, you know, I'm afraid that it, it doesn't naturally come both of them together. I mean, we think about, I use the word ambidextrous. I mean, you kind of use one hand right with one hand not not many people have got naturally that sort of ambidextrous nature so that is a challenge and this change is going to continue to accelerate so leaders are going to have to increasingly focus on building resilience um, because uh, here's the other thing I mean things go wrong in growth businesses and uh, this can actually be perceived as as failure by the old guard and therefore you need to be able to respond and handle that so so when things don't go to plan, uh, you've got to you've got to respond in a good way. You know, I generally find that folks who are more resilient and comfortable, I guess you could say it, like comfortable in their own skin, then they're able to, to deal with this really well. And you certainly must have had a couple of failures on that, that growth journey. So do you want to maybe illustrate a couple of leadership lessons of what you've learned in your career uh, in, in growing a new business uh, in a global Fortune 500 company? Again, this might sound obvious, right? But um, I think the, the the big thing I've taken away from the last 10 years is you have to start with the customer. You have to visit them, talk to them. But you have to be really clear on what the frictions are at the customer level, whether it's a business customer or a consumer. So that, I think that is, is and I, look, I think sometimes corporates a little bit get lost on that. And, and um, I mean, certainly at Shell in the mobility business, there's a, there's a very healthy focus there. But, you know, start with the customer is number one. I think the other thing is you do have to be visionary and bold. And I mentioned resilience earlier. You know, you've got to be resilient as well. So you've got to be resilient to ensure that this change happens in a corporate environment. And, and you alluded to it earlier, Bjorn, that does mean taking a few knocks, Yeah, it's part of the job. Uh, I, I think the third piece would be is about being flexible and, and I mean, uh, incredibly adaptable to ensure that the growth really happens within that corporate environment. And let me let me just say a bit more about that. That means bringing other people with you, bring others in, spread and seed your accountability to others. That's what helps you move from an incubation zone out to a real mass global scale. So, so you know, they're all, all, all key things. The other things I'd put in here, you, you know, always listen, be kind. Um, we always expect to be the adult in the room and ask good questions. Um, the, the last one for me personally, if I can tag another one in here, I know I'm sort of cramming a few in here, but it's about perspective. You always keep that perspective. And I find that if I give myself the time to reflect, that helps me keep the perspective. And of course, the bigger goal is that I want to create cleaner transportation On a, on a mass scale uh, and, and want to contribute to that. So it's, it's good to keep going back to that, that bigger picture. Looking a little bit on your role as a, a director, so the past couple of years you've been appointed to several boards. Uh, in several cases, you've also been acting as chairman. How have these experiences benefited you in your day-to-day -day role? Well, I have to say, I mean, a lot of the board positions are actually out of necessity. I mean, I was leading the vision, developing the strategy, and, and, and the board level is key for that. I mean, the buck, buck stopped with me to make that happen. It is, I guess it's both exciting and daunting at the same time, but it really gave me a role at board level to make the change. And, and I think that's the important thing. If you want to make a change, you've got to do it from the top. 
I think the other thing is about board positions that's been really helpful is it's helped me learn from my peers in the industry. So I'm on a couple of boards in industry associations. And when I can listen to, to some of the struggles and challenges they have, and back to the thing I said about the system, it all comes together at the system level. I think board positions really help you understand that system, but also give perspective again by engaging with, with peers in other parts of the value chain. In your opinion, what skills and expertise should kind of modern boards seek to add as a matter of priority at, at this stage? Well, the key here, I mean, this is really important. You've got to have this wonderful balance. It's a balance between playing an assurance role as a board um, with appropriate risk management, but also being bold and visionary and really having those strategic debates. It's those strategic debates that enable transformational change that the world needs. So you've got to get the balance between the two. So as you sit on boards and you see, have you got that balance right? I think that's, that's critical. You've got to have diversity in boards to enable that open challenge and to co-create. And, and I think the last thing I'd say is that as a board member, it is about leaning in. It is about getting your hands dirty. You've got to be both challenging and supportive because you are a part of that senior leadership team. So looking ahead, which specific leadership skills and capabilities would you say will be the most important for your company to meet its strategic goals over the next three to five years? It's interesting because I've covered a lot already, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just give a bit of a summary. Uh, yeah. if, I, if I pick one out, it's got to be adaptability. You know, in a rapidly changing environment, you've got to have adaptability with a heavy dose of resilience. You've got to have that customer focus and you've got to focus on the people and the talent that are going to get you there. Now, I haven't mentioned all the classic stuff like commerciality and risk management because Although they are absolutely key capabilities, I just think there's some areas where, you know, we need to put a bit of a sort of steroid injection and boost in, in order to, to make that happen in, in, in a corporate environment. Thank you, Roger. It's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. To make sure you don't miss more future shaping ideas and conversations, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast app. And if you're listening via LinkedIn, Twitter or YouTube, why not share this with your connections? Until next time.